that's so interesting. I didn't I didn't know that about and to even hear you say kinetic memory resonates with me so much. I, I've often been I take copious notes in meetings and I have atrocious handwriting um, as the nuns uh, predicted that I would. I often cannot read my own notes because my handwriting is poor and it's when things are fast. But what I can remember everything and I can I can look back and whether I can read it or not, just the sheer act of writing it down puts it in my mind in this sort of indelible way. Are you new to working from home? Maybe you're figuring out how to manage a distributed team. Are you homeschooling your kids while trying to get something, anything else done? You've come to the right place. Work Life at Home talks with both newbies and experts as we explore the tools, tips, and techniques that will help you make the most of this new way of working. I'm Josh Freeman. Welcome home. My guest today is Patrice Varney. When I met Patrice, she was marketing communications manager at Kenwood Audio, and she transformed that brand from kind of a geeky, techie one to a very cool and accessible one. She went on to become product and online marketing manager at Disney, and then vice president of e-commerce and relationship marketing at Levi Strauss. She then moved on to be senior vice president of brand marketing for the giant mattress manufacturer, Temper Sealy. And we got to work together again there. And she became chief customer officer at our house and at Corel Brands. And then in 2019, she struck out on her own as the founder and CEO of Difference Marketing Collective. From my little LinkedIn post about Patrice, I'm pulling a quote that says, Patrice is one of my favorite clients of all time. She's brilliant, visionary, and fantastic to work with. She brings out the very best in us. Welcome to Work Life at Home, Patrice. Why, thank you. And thank you for that gracious introduction. I'm glad this medium does not allow you to see how I'm blushing. But okay, well, <laughs> that's good. Thank you. Okay. So you have spent almost your entire career working in corporate environments and managing teams and working in large offices. And last year, you decided to chuck it all and without the pressures of the pandemic, run your own consultancy from home, which is a brave move. So I'm curious, first of all, if that's the first time that you've ever worked full time at home. It is. It is the first time or was the first time um, that I've ever worked full time from home. And it was, uh, you call it a brave move. Others may call it reckless. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't be my first such move. Uh, when I moved to Kentucky from San Francisco to sell mattresses on the internet, uh, many thought that was a brave slash reckless move. But I, um, as you say, I had worked my entire life in the corporate environment and I wanted to step back and be able to practice my craft as a marketer and a storyteller with the people that I love to work with on brands that I love and with 
people that um, I find enjoyable and inspiring and thought provoking and challenging. And so that was the impetus for me to to strike out on my own. But it was a, a brave new world for me in every respect. Yeah. So how did you get yourself set up? So I had, I'll tell you, a week of very leisurely mornings where I slept in and I had <laughs> breakfast and I went to work out and made that a priority. And then after the first week, I decided I needed structure. I needed the same kind of structure that I'd had in my previous rigorous corporate uh, schedule, um, albeit with more flexibility. But I, but I set myself up with specific tasks and um, I still prioritize my own life and my workouts, by the way, which is one of the main reasons I decided to go out on my own. We will talk uh, about that later. That's great. Yes. But I, I really set up a structure. I set up a place for myself to work uh, within my own home that quickly became apparent to me that I didn't want my whole home to feel like my workplace. I wanted to be able to go to a place and sort of quote unquote, go to work. Um, and that kind of structure helped me kind of click over to a schedule every day, but still with a great deal of flexibility, especially compared to my previous life. So, so how, so physically, so you had set up your own office and do you have some particular tools that you started using right away to manage all this stuff or not yet? Where are you in that little journey? So first of all, let me set the stage by saying that I am a very, very lucky work at home creature because it's it's uh, it's me in a in a very large living space. I'm very fortunate to have a lovely home uh, all to myself, and so space is not a constraint for me. Nor as as my sisters with young children and, and college age children are quick to. Uh, <laughs> share with me the being home and just having me and my schedule to worry about it. And, and of course the schedules of my clients that I accommodate is such a luxury. Um, so, so I want to say that I, I, I want everyone to know that I am, I understand that I am not facing one of the challenges that many people working at home, I, I don't have those balls to juggle. Uh, so when I, when I set myself up, it, it really is, um, it's, it's about the physical space. It's about what I need to do that day. And it really depends. If I have to sit at my computer, I am um, sitting at a desk in a good office chair uh, as I might at work. And, and I'm working and looking things up and I'm, I'm typing away on my computer um, and, and thinking. If I more am doing research or looking for visual references, I might actually sit on my lovely cozy sectional next to the fireplace and, and spend two hours doing that. Um, so I'm, I, I, I'm lucky enough to be able to sort of suit the space to what I have to do. Yeah. And that's the vision people have of working at home. So it sounds like you, when you were back there, you were sort of living the dream and then, yeah. and then the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, you were visiting your sister in, uh, Orange County, right? Yes. So, yeah. again, <laughs> so things changed theme. real fast, right? Yes. Okay. Then we see a theme emerging, I think, of my luckiness of, uh, that's true. I am, of visiting in California um, at my sister's home, which is on a lake in Southern California. And 
um, it's beautiful and it's literally right on the water and there's a lovely dock. And, um, if, if I forget that I'm in California, I think I could be in some Mediterranean village somewhere when I wake up in the morning. That said, it is a completely empty house. Yes, my I want to get to that part. <laughs> so. Working with her as, as we work with a decorator to help fill the house and make it a home. And so when I got out here, uh, the first half of the trip went well, the decorator came out, my sister came down and then everyone went home and I was not able to go home. Um, because of the shelter in place and because there was a point at which I myself was sick and, and didn't want to travel or risk spreading my germs. So I sort of quote unquote got stuck here, um, mindful that being in Southern California for two and a half months as winter ground on and on in um, <laughs> Chicago <Yes. laughs> is not very far up in anyone's list of tragedies. Right. So, so I am here and I, because my furniture in the inside of the house consists of a Costco folding table and, and Costco folding chairs and a Tommy Bahama low to the ground beach chair, which I both <laughs> cherish them both. But uh, my most comfortable seat uh, sort of around the house is outside. There's an outdoor counter, bar counter with outdoor mm. bars that can be tucked under an awning if the sun is too bright. And that is where I work. And I sit up wow. there and I face the lake. I get my iced coffee and my computer. And I, as I'm doing my work, I constantly one part of my mind is saying, thank you, universe, for this day of working. I'm sure. Let's talk about uh, what surprises have been in store for you or what surprises have you encountered that you didn't expect to encounter since you've been working from home? I think one of the biggest surprises for me was the need for structure that I had. And it took me a moment to find the right balance. I didn't want to give up the very thing that I, that I, that made me decide to do what I'm doing, which is I want to put my wellness first and my health first. I always want to wake up and work out. I want to have a quiet cup of tea for half an hour in the morning. So how do I do that, but still make sure I can get on a 7am call or an 8am call? I have clients all mm. the time zones. And so it took me a minute to just figure it all out. And I guess I was a little surprised that I, I don't know why, that the structure was still really important. But quickly, I came to realize how wonderful the flexibility still was, that, that I work, um, I get so much more done in less time. And part of that is, given what I do now, I'm, I'm not spending a lot of time on administrative things and board decks and um facts and figures for a CEO that, that, you know, come with, without warning and, mm -hmm. you know, create a different priority for the day. I get to really focus on my clients and what they want and need and, and get the work done. But I also am just able to be incredibly productive, which I hear many of my friends say, uh, they feel like they're working intently now at home, but that they get more done in fewer hours. And I, um, I can imagine one of the things I would think would be a huge difference is the number of meetings. Yes. Yes. When I think of the time suck that meetings can be 
in a corporate environment. And I, I, on my own personal experience, I don't have much of it because of course I've worked at home since 1993. So I'm kind of, kind of out of that loop. But, um, when I've been around corporate environments, which has been plenty since my clients are all corporations, I, what I see is just a tremendous amount of everybody yakking away and like nobody having any time to work. And I'm just wondering if that's an accurate experience. Very much so. And again, one of the key, um, benefits of working at home for me and, and really it's working at home, but even more so it's working out of that corporate environment. I spent for the last, I don't know, probably 10 years of my career, almost my entire day in meetings of various kinds and which left me getting the work done. Now I've, I've always had teams, uh, that, that I can delegate work to. So there are other people getting work done, but my own work, um, I would have to do it very early in the morning. I'd, I'd stay late. It was routine for me to stay at work till eight, nine, ten, sometimes midnight to wow. get work done when my meetings concluded at 6 p.m. Uh, to work on the weekends to get the work done because thankfully there were not never, but there were less often weekend meetings. Um, and so now my meetings are very purpose-driven, very tied to the work. Um, and I have a lot of time to get the work done. And really my role is more that of, of, a, of a conductor at this point. I have a number of talented uh, resources that I pull together to help solve problems for my clients and, and deliver results, yourself included. Um, so I feel that the time I spend in meetings is is purposeful and productive. And that's just life-changing. And do you think that's going to stick around after the pandemic? Do you think people are sort of learning this lesson globally? I don't know, because I think it's not really as much related to working from home as it is stepping away from the corporate, from, from my role in the corporate environment. Um, I know people who work mostly at home who are at the senior executive level um, and still spend all their days on meetings. So I don't, I don't know if the work, I don't think the work at home situation will necessarily alter that. I think, you know, in every company I was at, we all tried to battle the meeting thing and the higher up you go and the more, um, broad your purview is as a leader, the more meetings you tend to be in. And I don't, Partly, I think that it comes with the territory uh, and you just have to decide whether that's what you want to do, whether you like that or, or it's just a, a downside of, of being at an executive level that uh, you learn to live with. Um, for me, at, at some point, it got to a point of, um, is, it, is it what I love to do for 10 hours of my day? And do I want to spend another four or five hours a day uh, trying to get the work done on top of those meetings? So. I, I think it's related to, to the corporate environment and, and is there a cure for that? I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, so clearly I understand what you, what you don't miss about it. What do you miss about the corporate environment and working in a large office? I miss most other people and the camaraderie, the, the, um, interaction, the inspiration, 
the, I love, um, I, I loved being a leader, not so much administratively as I've just described, but I really loved working with people and helping to develop people and develop teams. Um, it's one of the things that I love uh, about my job and about leadership. And I don't get to do that as much or as directly um, mm-hmm. as I did before. And obviously, I while I'm on the phone often with wonderful people, increasingly wonderful people, as I really get more control over who I work with, both on the um, co-worker side as well as the client side, um, I'm not physically in the same place as they are. And so it can be isolating. Um, and, and beyond that, even when it's not isolating, even when I'm perfectly happy by myself at home, I, I do miss kind of overall the, the feeling of that and being part of a team. Sure. So are you compensating for that in any way? Are you doing anything about it? Well, you know, one thing that I think does compensate for it that um, that I, I'll say I didn't proactively go out and seek, but that just is naturally happening is I've, uh, you know, I'm well along in my career. So I've had the very good fortune to work for some amazing people over the years and happily have stayed in touch with them. And so there are a number of people of um, former teammates and, and people that I have worked with and helped develop and helped mentor many directly on my teams who reported to me, others who did not, but who I still stay in touch with. And now mm-hmm. that I have time and more flexible time, I'm, in, I'm more actively engaged with a lot of those people um, and can kind of continue that, that mentorship, that um, kind of brainstorming, thought sharing, that I love so much. So that is happening. And, and I think it's really a direct result of having more time. Yeah. Are you using video conferencing to do that or phone calls or combination? What do you do? Yeah, mostly phone calls. I'll talk about video conferencing if, if now's the right time to do that. Or Sure. Yeah, yeah. Great. One of the things that I learned early on, and this is before, this is even pre-pandemic, but I, because I have this very flexible day where I will get up early and, you know, have my cup of tea, I may for my 7am call be still in my pajamas. Of course. (laughs) Yes. Like many of us. And I'm going to get that call done, but I'm not getting dressed for it because I'm going to go work out afterwards. And so, um, mostly no one's wanting to video call me at 7am, um, but obviously, nor would I want to. Um, and so often for me, a video call is not needed. A, a, a call where we share a screen often is yeah. needed. Um, but very seldom do, is it critical that we be looking at each other face to face. And and so I, I didn't do a lot of that on purpose. And there were a lot of times where I had to say, oh, I see you set up a video call. I'm just going to dial in with the audio. Is that okay? And no one ever cares. They just sort of do it out of, you know, that's how their Google Hangout is defaulted. I would just say, when do you need to see people? You know, sometimes if I'm going to do a one-on-one with a client and and I haven't seen them in a while, which is often for me because I tend to work remotely. um, Okay, I could do that occasionally because it's nice to see somebody and look them in the eye. But most often a Zoom call isn't needed. and. I, I 
here, I don't, I don't see this as much myself because I don't use video as often. I use screen sharing a lot. Um, and I use voice a lot, but, um, my, my sisters, my friends are on zoom calls with all of these people and it's hard, right? It's hard to coordinate. It's hard to manage who's going to speak next. Um, right. And I think there's a place for it, but I would be very judicious about when do we need it or when is it causing a distraction? When am I looking at the 20 people on the screen when I should be focused on the speaker mm-hmm. <laughs> or looking at my notes or taking notes and, and I'm not? Um, so obviously there's a great use for video calls, but I also think they're being a little bit overused. And personally, you know, as we speak right now, I finished a run a little while ago. I look horrible. You would never want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would be okay for me. Um, you know, I understand. You no, know, there, when do you need a video call and when do you not? Uh, and then the other thing I'll say about video call um, is I recently learned from my 12 year old nephew that zoom has a, um, I forget what it's called, like a beauty feature or make yourself look better right. thing right. that you can click. And I want everyone to know that because I'm like, why, why did my peers not tell me this day one? pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> why am I learning this from my 12 year old nephew? <laughs> it was horrified that I wasn't using it. I'm sure. um, <laughs> those great. of you who remember this reference, it's like putting a little Vaseline on the lens of remember the show Moonlighting? I think Sybil Shepherd insisted yeah. on that. It does yeah. us all a bit of good, I'll tell you. But mostly I don't do video calls because often they're not necessary. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. I'd like to talk next about your workout uh, regimen because one of the things that happens when people work at home is A, they get lazy and fat, and B, they go nuts because they're so isolated. And I think, uh, getting in a workout or doing a run or just getting outside is a huge part of it. So I'm wondering how you sort of structure that into your day and whether you find that it helps you, you know, stay calm, sane, productive, whatever. That is a great question. I I love to speak to that. So it brings up one thing. I I spoke earlier about being very lucky on the continuum of, of folks who work at home because I, I have ample space. I live by myself and, um, I have the flexibility to structure my day the way that I want to, given that I have my own business. But I will say there's also a downside to sheltering in place by yourself. Um, And even though I'm so fortunate to be able to see my sister and her family um, during the week when they're busy and their days are structured, I I don't. And when I go back to Chicago, I don't have family there. And so I will be really entirely by myself. And that's, there's a challenge to that, that those of us who are, who are in isolation alone need to manage. And that hits on what you've asked me, which is about my sort of exercise and I'll call it my, my wellness routine. And always in my life, um, working out is a stress reliever and an endorphin producer and, something that is essential to my wellness and to my mental health and my, and my physical health. And while I've always been pretty good at maintaining it in my life, certainly the last couple of years uh, as my corporate life got very intense and the days crazy long, I had gotten away from it. 
And um, one of my primary things in stepping away from corporate America was to put my needs and my wellness first. So even more so now in, in the sort of emotional and mental challenges that we're all facing in this pandemic of, of being isolated, of watching the economy tank, of wondering whether we'll ever travel again and when will school go back. And there's so much uncertainty and so much stress that for me personally, I'd already decided to put my fitness and wellness first, but it's even more so important to me now. Um, and I just, I was sick during the midst of this and there were a number of weeks where I really physically couldn't work out. And mm -hmm. it's, I noticed now getting back into it, how much worse it made me feel on top of being sick, yeah. <laughs> but just being not active and not being able to kind of produce those endorphins for myself, not being outside in nature, unfortunate enough to have a trail, a beautiful trail that's not crowded that I can go run on. It's still open. Um, my ad advice to people, um, to, to friends and family who are, who are doing similar things is try to still prioritize that because nothing's more important in this new time than our resilience and our mental health and our well-being. And for me, exercise is a key driver of those things. And then there's binging. So are you, are you doing any binging? Have you watched anything good lately that you should uh, tell me about? I've my, I've more binged on books um, because it's okay. such a luxury to, I love to read and I, I, a luxury for me. So I've, I've finished about six books <laughs> since I've been here. Um, but I, I also am watching more TV than I normally do. Um, and I have Netflix and I have, uh, Amazon Prime at my disposal. I don't have live TV. So what have I watched? I've watched a lot of rom-coms because sometimes at night when I'm ready to just uh, unwind, that's really all I can handle. Can't right, handle sure. it. <laughs> yes. <Drama. laughs> um, and then this is, this is a guilty secret, but I'll say it out loud is I've always heard people talking about the Gilmore Girls series and I never oh. watched it. And so I'm watching that. There's seven seasons of it. And it oh is God. into that rom-com mindless category. Um, and it's, it's funny and enjoyable. And it was, uh, it was on some like this CW channel or something. So the production values are actually appalling. It's funny because we just, re just uh, started watching Veep after seven years of hearing how wonderful it was and never having gotten into it. So we literally started with the first show and it's so brilliant. It's just absolutely amazing. And so on target for the current, uh, current political environment. It's incredible. That's a good one. I've, I only have seen a few episodes of it and I loved it. So I'm going to, I'm going to put that on my list. Thank you. Um, or, um, uh, better st stimulating for my mind. <laughs> 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 so, all right. How do you, how do you keep, um, your projects organized? So when you have things like, you know, lots of different things going on, what do you use to track all that stuff? Are you a paper and pen person or do you have like some system? You who have known me for many years and anyone who's ever worked with me, well, I'm somewhat organized. 
you know, I look at my sisters who are masters of organization and, and perhaps because they all have kids and jobs, they yeah. need to be even more than I do, but I am not, I'm not unorganized, but I'm, I guess I have a creative mind and I'm a storyteller and I love looking at disparate things and pulling things together. And so I don't, my mind is not organized in the sense that sometimes I think the heart of creativity, at least for me, is about your many, many threads <laughs> being out. How do you weave them together over time? And so I don't know that I'm the poster child for organization, but what I do is I have folders on my computer, you know, where I try to organize all of related, you know, documents and notes. And, um, and then I do, I do like a physical folder because there are often times where I want to reference something, you know, for instance, when I'm looking up on online visual references, or I'm looking in magazines for visual references, and I, I may have a physical folder, I may be doing physical tears of things and looking at them or referencing documents that I've edited. Um, when I write, it's, I'm so much better at editing or doing a first pass markup on a piece of paper than yeah. I am on the computer, even though I'll go back on the computer and, and do the edit and the rewrite. But um, I'm, I'm sort of a mix of, of digital things and physical things when it comes to organization. There's a lot of studies about that, about the kind of value of kinetic memory in working with physical pieces of paper. You, if you write things down in a meeting with your hand, you remember them better. And if you type them into a document, you know, it tends to disappear. And that's just such a weird thing. But, it, but I can see how even though you're, you're a digital specialist, really, I and mean, you really have yeah. been in the digital world for a long time. And the idea that you don't use, you know, every online application, phone application to keep this organized is kind of funny in a way, but I totally understand it. And I think, you know, having that connection with the physical object is, is actually really helpful a lot of times. That's so interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that about, and to even hear you say kinetic memory resonates with me so much. I, I've often been, I take copious notes in meetings and I have atrocious handwriting um, as the nuns uh, predicted that I would. <laughs> right? um, they were right about that one thing. But I often cannot read my own notes because my handwriting is poor and it's when things are fast. But what I can remember everything and I can, I can look back and whether I can read it or not, just the sheer act of writing it down puts it in my mind in this mm -hmm. sort of indelible way. You and I are in the same boat with the handwriting quality and, <laughs> and the kinetic memory. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing. I take lots and lots of notes in meetings and then often I don't even look at them again. That's right. Because it's in my brain then. And I know, I know what we talked about. It's a nice trick. Yes. All right. I think we might be finished. Right. What do you think? Is there anything else you'd like to add? Talk no, about you covered everything. Um, and it was delightful. Very, Thank you. Very interesting conversation, as always with you, Josh. I enjoyed uh, it. That's sweet. Thank you. Thank you. So, all right. One last question for you is, yes. if people want to reach out to you and learn more about either Difference or you, how would you like them to do that? I think the best is to probably uh, pop onto my LinkedIn at mm -hmm. LinkedIn. 
slash Patrice Barney. Okay. And they uh, contact me through that. That sounds excellent. Okay. That's great. Thank you so much for doing this. It's been really fun. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. All right. Thanks, Josh. Well, that's it for now. If you're new to working from home, you might want to check out worklifeathome.com, where you'll find articles, show notes, and best of all, a community where you can ask questions and get some answers from people who've been doing this a while. We'd love to see you there. And I would be thrilled to hear what you think and find out who else you'd like to hear from on the show. You can email me at josh at worklifeathome.com. If you're enjoying Work Life at Home, please do let your friends and co-workers know so they can subscribe. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon.